0: Online people, thank you so much for tuning in and joining us. We are so honored that you would be with us today. Um, we're going to have some fun today. And I know that normally we would be in worship, but now we're going to get right into the message. I'm going to pick up kind of where we left off last Sunday. Last Sunday, I talked about Leviticus chapter 23 and the seven feasts of the Lord. The, these are the feasts that God wanted the Jewish people to keep forever and ever and ever. And in fact, Jews today still keep these seven feasts feasts. There were four in the spring, three in the fall. So we talked about Passover, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the Feast of First Fruits, and uh, the Feast of Pentecost. All of these are the first uh, four that are in the spring, and then the last three are in the fall. The Feast of Trumpets, which we talked about um, that, in my opinion, is, I think, one of these years when Jesus will return, uh, the Feast of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles. So today, if you, if you count back 50 days, Passover, was 50 days ago. So today is the Feast of Pentecost. So um, in, in, in Hebrew, it, it, what he said in Leviticus chapter 23 was, I want you to count off seven Sabbaths, seven weeks. So in, in Hebrew, weeks is Shavuot. So in Hebrew, they would say that today is the, the Feast of Shavuot. In, in in English, we're taking it actually from the Greek, which is Pentecost. And this festival, this feast, is celebrating when God gave the law to Moses to give to the people of Israel You know, back in uh, Mount Sinai, back in the desert. And they're celebrating when God's covenant was given to the Jewish people. Today, when we talk about Pentecost, we're going to celebrate when God gave the gift of the Holy Spirit to confirm the covenant that all mankind has through Jesus. And I know a lot of times people are like, oh, I didn't realize today was Pentecost Sunday or I would have skipped because Pentecost is weird. Listen, I get it, and I want to address that. The, 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 the very definition of the word Pentecost is extremely weird. So if you're taking notes, you're going to want to write this down. The, uh, even the definition alone, it's just, it's spooky, right? The word Pentecost means 50. <laughs> Sorry, did I not say it right? 50. Or if you're afraid of old school Pent, oh, bless God, 50. Now I have your attention. It, penta is five. So it simply means five tens. Pentecost simply means 50. So how did we get here for Pentecost Sunday? Because now you're stuck for the next 35 minutes. You can't leave, it'd be awkward. So um, you're just Matthew chapter three. John the Baptist was baptizing people. It says, in those days, John the Baptist came to the Judean wilderness and he began preaching. This was his message. Repent of your sins and turn to God, for the kingdom of heaven is near. See, this is a normal behavior. People would go up to Jerusalem, and there would be, not just John the Baptist, there would be other rabbis near the Jordan River, and they'd be calling people, hey listen, if you're gonna go up to Jerusalem to worship, don't bring all of your sin with you. You need to repent of your sin, and then going through the the waters of baptism, this was part of Jewish culture that God instituted. It's the mikvah, that that they would um, have a ceremonial cleansing, an outward demonstration of what God was doing in their heart, and totally normal. So this wasn't like John invented a new denomination called the Baptists. This has been going on in the Jewish community since Moses. So now skip down to verse 11. John says, listen, I'm baptizing you with water because you've repented of your sins and turned to God. But someone is coming soon who's greater than I am, so much greater, I'm not even worthy to be his slave or carry his jays. if you're a, a, a Nike fan. Only young people got that. Old people, they're Air Jordans. Okay, never mind. Old people, Air Jordans are tennis shoes that Jeff can afford. (laughs) And I wear knockoffs, (laughs) like lowercase Js. (laughs) He, meaning the Messiah, will baptize you, will immerse you, with the Holy Spirit and with fire. See, why did I say immerse? Because the word baptize in English, we don't have a good translation for it, so we have to go back to the original, to the Greek. And I, I know you're gonna not understand because of my really deep Greek theology and my deep understanding of the Greek as to how we got this English word. But I'm gonna give you the word baptize in Greek. Baptizo. I should do this for a living. And it's the same word for immerse. It means to surrender to the water. See, when Aletha was ready to get baptized, she just kind of fell into my hands and I immersed her in the water. She yielded to the water and the water covered her up. That's what baptism is. It's to be immersed completely, to yield, to surrender to the water. But John said, in just a few days, the Messiah is going to come, and he is going to immerse you in the Spirit of God and the fire of God. Some of you were like, oh, that's not in my Bible. Yes, it is. It might not be in your life yet, but it is in your Bible. Let me talk a little bit. So I'm a little feisty today. You can tell I'm all fired up. So let me talk a little bit about the Holy Spirit and how we got here. We believe that our God is one. He is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We do not believe in three separate gods. However, in Scripture, from Genesis to Revelation, we see God in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And I remind you that we are created in the image of God. We also bear three images. We have a, a body, which is just this bag of meat and bones we walk around in for a hundred years. We have a soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions. And we have a spirit man, an extremely crude example that I hate to use, but for some reason I hate it so much I use it every single time, is H2O. Water, if it's frozen, is a solid, it's hard. Water at room temperature is a liquid, but water at a, above boiling is a gas, it becomes vapor. It's the same exact substance, but it's in three forms. So our God is one God, but we see him represented as God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So when we say God the Holy Spirit, we're not talking about a thing We're talking about a person. And I know there's confusion because we say the Holy Spirit. Like it's the hammer or the, you know, whatever, the speaker. But the confusion, Holy Spirit is his name. And we treat Holy Spirit like some sort of crazy uncle that comes to Thanksgiving dinner and is going to say something inappropriate or do something inappropriate. So we're like, oh, we're so glad that, that uncle came over. I just hope he doesn't do anything weird and make our service weird. God isn't weird. Sometimes people are. But God is not weird. In fact, what it, God is love. Therefore, the Holy Spirit is love. So when we pray for the presence of the Holy Spirit, we're simply praying, "God, I need more of your love in my life." And John the Baptist was telling the people, "Jesus is coming soon." And he's not only coming to save you, he's coming to immerse you in his person and in his power. And so often we get saved from our sin. We, we, we recognize that Jesus is Lord. We ask him to forgive us of our sin, but we're not baptized in water and we're not baptized in the Spirit. It's like we're only one step into the process when he's like, dude, what are you waiting for? Get baptized in water. If you have surrendered your life to Jesus, either for the first time, or like Aletha, the first time in a long time, you need to be baptized in water. If your baptism, if you were six years old and you don't remember it, pull the card out of the seat back in front of you and check the mark for baptism and turn it into the offering buckets on your way out because you need to be baptized. If you gave your heart to Jesus but it was now 20 years ago and you were never baptized... That doesn't mean like just because you never did it that that you're off the hook. You need to be baptized in water and the power and presence of the Holy Spirit and today is your day. Jesus wants to immerse you. Well, how do we get this gift? At the very end of Jesus' ministry, so we talked about this briefly last week, that Jesus ascended from the Mount of Olives and he will return to the Mount of Olives. But like the very last thing that's recorded that Jesus said in Luke chapter 24. Now... I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, just like the Father promised. He was telling the disciples, stay here in the city. They were in Jerusalem. Stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with what? Power. He said, I want you to keep this Jesus thing going. I want you to keep the gospel message moving. What All we've done together the last three and a half years, keep it going, but... I don't want you to start the church until you have been immersed in the Holy Spirit. I I don't want you to to start a church until you have been immersed in God's power and presence. Turn the page, because you go from Luke. Luke wrote the book of Luke, but Luke also wrote the book of Acts. So you can turn from the last chapter of Luke to the first chapter of Acts. Once he was eating with them and he commanded them. Receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit was so important to Jesus that he commanded the disciples, don't leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift that he promised. Receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a gift. He said, I've told you about it before, but in just a few days, you're going to receive this gift. Verse 5, don't forget, John baptized. John immersed you with water, but in a few days, you're going to be immersed in the Holy Spirit. Here's my question. Why did they even need the baptism of the Holy Spirit? I'm not trying to be a snot. I'm just saying these 11 men, because Judas killed himself, these 11 guys, they had all the information about Jesus that anybody had up until this time. Yet yeah, Jesus is about to leave and return to heaven, but these 11 guys, they loved Jesus more than anybody else on earth. They had more theology than anybody else on earth. They had more information in their brains about the kingdom of God and about King Jesus. They were all saved. They believed in the resurrection of Jesus. So they believed Jesus was the Messiah. All of them had an honorary PhD, Doctor of Divinity in Jesus. But he said, I don't want you starting the church because you're missing something. Actually Jesus said, no fam, you're missing someone. You're saved. But you're not going to be able to do what I've called you to do without my power. You need to be immersed in the person of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2. Jump over to verse 1. When the day of what came? Pentecost. Today. 2,000 years ago, give or take. When the day of Pentecost came, all those disciples were together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire well that's unusual separate and come to rest on each of them all of them all of them say all of them all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them so they received in that moment the gift that Jesus had promised. They received the person of Jesus, and they received the power of Jesus. But you have to remember, in Jerusalem 2,000 years ago, although there might have been windows in that room, there wasn't like glass soundproofing you know, insulation, so the noise of what was happening in that church service was spilling out into the streets, and a crowd formed around that room. So Jesus went out and he began to preach. So what was the message that he's just received the Holy Spirit. He's, he's speaking in other tongues. What was the message that Peter preached? Jesus. That's our message. That's our, Jesus is always our message. We're always going to make Jesus famous. We're always going to lift Jesus up. He said, you've got to repent of your sin and turn to God. Hey, so this is super awkward. We like never do this. Ever. Um, but the pastor before you, okay. Uh, Kevin. Yeah, Kevin. He was able to build the church with this uh, MacBook Pro. So the board talked and we we're like, hey, we need to give this to Brad. Give this gift to him so that he can then build the church as well like he did. Wow. So, yeah. So this literally never happens. No. But here. Yeah. Here you go, bud. Um, well, hey, thank you. Now, Kevin started the church 20 years ago. This is a new MacBook Pro. It's not a 20-year-old. Yeah, that's a very generous gift. That's like $2,000, man. Yes, is. You're welcome. But here's the problem. You, the, the, the board back then gave a MacBook Pro to Kevin to start the church. Right, he right. was the first pastor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm pastoring now. Right. So I don't need this gift. Do you have a trash can that I could just throw this MacBook? Re- Thank you. I'm good, Jeff. I don't need that gift. That doesn't make any sense. I don't need the gift. That was for the first people, not for me. I, but that's for, that was for Kevin not for me but don't you think that it would help Oh, I think it would help dramatically but the gift was only for the first people to start the church they may see where we're going with this by the way that was an empty box for my own computer <laughs> the church gave me that gift a year ago I'm very grateful but we didn't just throw away a two thousand dollar bill Many people today say that the outpouring, the gift, the immersion of the Holy Spirit was only for the first disciples to start the church. With this illustration in mind, does that not sound bananas to you? The gift of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit was prophesied all the way back into the Old Testament a thousand years before Jesus. And you're telling me, Joel himself said, in the last days, I'm going to pour out my spirit on some flesh. The Bible scholars said, no, 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 Joel said, the Lord said, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. Yeah. So it's so important that we don't close our hearts to the Holy Spirit because, yes, it's a gift, but it's a gift to do what we have been called to do. See, you are the pastor of your apartment community. You are the evangelist to your dog park. You are the Bible teacher for your Kroger or your Albertsons. You are the apostle to your water cooler or to your school. And God has given you this gift to empower you with his power and his presence. And your message is the same as Peter's. Repent and turn to Jesus. Be baptized in water, be baptized in the Holy Spirit. That's the same message that we have that Peter had. And the promise, listen to this. Guys, pull up that verse again in Acts chapter 2. In verse, I think it's 38. So scroll back a little bit. He said, Repent and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, and then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Verse 39 says this This promise is for you and your children. And here's an expression that was used it's for all who are far off, for all who fear the Lord, all whom the Lord God will call. He said, repent, be baptized, receive this gift, and he used the expression, for all those who are far off. He was talking about us that are Gentiles. Yeah. He wasn't just talking to the 11 guys in the room. He was saying, it's for everybody. It's, it's for you here in the streets, and it's for Gentiles and you list 2,000 years from now. So th- th- people today that say, well, we don't need the gift of the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, yes, we do, because the gift was not just to start things. The gift was to continue things until Jesus comes again. When I talk about the gift of the Holy Spirit, I'll usually get phone calls or emails or texts or questions or you know, people talking to me at the door. And they say, listen, Pastor, I struggle with receiving the Holy Spirit because I don't know if you know me or know what's going on in my life, I'm still struggling with sin. I'm still struggling with addiction to alcohol or addiction to pornography or addiction to weed or addiction to meth or addiction to whatever, addiction to myself, addiction to money. I'm not holy, so I can't receive the Holy Spirit. Listen, The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not a reward for holy living it is the power of God to help you live holy it is a gift not a reward if you were already holy you wouldn't need the Holy Spirit and it's also you have begun this race with Jesus you don't need the gift at the end of the race that's a reward you need the gift at the beginning of the race to help you run See, a gift is given. All you have to do to a gift is receive. A reward, that's a prize. That's an attaboy. Hey, good job. You did Here's a reward. Well, that's not what the Holy Spirit is. He's a gift to help us run. And so often people say, well, I just struggle to receive. I'm struggling with my fears. I'm struggling with my anxieties. I'm struggling with my sin. I'm struggling with my depression. I'm struggling um, with my unbelief. I'm, I'm struggling with my pride. I'm struggling with my selfishness. And I know you're saying that the Lord wants to give you a gift, but I'm telling you, your hands are too full to receive it. God wants to fill you, but he wants you to lay down all these heavy burdens that you're choosing to carry. Let me also say this about the baptism of the Spirit in the church. Josie and I have traveled to more than 40 nations around the world preaching the gospel. So we have seen the expression of the church from Africa to Asia to Europe to all over, you know, uh, Central Latin, South America... not believing in the baptism of the Holy Spirit is an American thing like the vast majority of the church around the globe believes the Bible believes in the baptism of the Holy Spirit prays in other tongues prophesies prays for healing gives words of knowledge but why don't we receive I don't know we just have believed a lie and now we're carrying all this baggage that said that God doesn't want to do what he wants to do and our hearts are so full of crud that we're not ready to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit God wants to fill you. You just have to let all that go and trust. Open up your arms to receive from the Lord. And I remind you that God says, I'm never going to leave you empty unless you're so full of yourself that you don't want any more of me. In fact, speaking of never leave you, Jesus himself said, I will never leave you or forsake you. But then Jesus went back to heaven. So was he a liar? No. He said, I'm going to send you my Holy Spirit and my Holy Spirit is always going to be near to you. So, so many Christians say, oh, pastor, I just feel so far from God. Nope. Holy Spirit's right there. Just turn around and look. He's not far away. He's right there. We'll take a minute and go to the book of Acts. The gospel message started with Jesus with the Samaritan woman. Jesus went down to Jerusalem. He died for our sins. He defeated sickness, death, hell, and the grave. He ascended into heaven. The people in Samaria still have this message about Jesus and this, this woman at the well kind of trickling through, and, and people are like, hey, I think that JC might have been the boss. So that news gets back to the church in Jerusalem, Acts chapter 8, verse 15. Peter and John go up to Samaria. As soon as they arrive, they prayed for the new believers to receive the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, meaning they had been baptized in water. So Peter and John laid their hands on these believers, on these what? Believers. And then they received the Holy Spirit. Did you notice in verse 15, it said, as soon as they arrived, they laid their hands on them and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. It wasn't okay for the leaders of the church in Jerusalem that these people would be believers in Jesus, but not be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So to answer your question, yes, you can be saved and go to heaven and not receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But why would you want to? Why settle for anything less than what God has promised you? Pastor Mike Todd from Transformation Church said, the Lord is giving you an upgrade. Why not receive it? Uh, A couple of months ago, Josie and I travel a fair amount, and um, I've got pretty good status with budget rent-a-car. I know that doesn't sound very prestigious, but that's where they were like, I have status with budget. But, you know, (laughs) it just is what it is. Another pastor friend of mine, he's got status, like really high status, but his is with Hertz. And when he walks to the Hertz counter, somehow it just seems better than when I walk to the budget counter. But anyway, (laughs) those of you that know me well, it kind of fits. Anyway, I've got pretty good status with budget. I've, I've rented enough from them that they always give me an upgrade. To the point now where I don't even reserve nice cars. Like, I'll reserve, like, a little tiny, cheapy economy car, like, with no air conditioning and the windows don't roll down. And when I get there and I swipe my thing, like, a little thing pops up on the They go, oh, Mr. Kerrigan, we're, we're so glad you're here. Um, sorry, the computer reserved you this car. Let me give you this car. And Josie and I were in, I don't remember where, I think it was Minneapolis. And I landed and I had reserved, you know, on my little Kia Forte, amen from the Kia people. And the guy goes, oh, Mr. Kerrigan, I didn't, we didn't know it was you. Uh, we, we're going to go ahead and upgrade you to this, uh, would, would it be okay with a, uh, a Ford Mustang 5.0 convertible? And I'm like, that'll do. But when he was willing to offer me a free upgrade, I didn't say, no, 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 I want my Kia Forte. I really want the Kia Forte. No, I wanted to know what it would be like to drop my foot down on a backcountry road in Minnesota and see what would happen. Turns out my wife's head goes That was fun. I've never been upgraded to first class, but one of these days, I'm gonna to walk to American Airlines and swipe my business, my you know, boarding card, and they're gonna go, oh my gosh, Mr. Kerrigan, we didn't know you were here. Let's upgrade you to first class. I'm just claiming that in Jesus' name. It hasn't happened yet. But one day, and I walk past those seats, and I'm like, one day I will be with you. You are my people. But when that happens, I'm not going to be like, no, no, no. I'd like to go to the back of the plane by the bathroom with all the chickens and the goats. You know, like, no, dude. When that day comes, I'm going to receive my upgrade. So if God's offering you an upgrade, why not receive it? Just say, thank you, Lord, for the upgrade. Can I also say this? Sometimes we get saved and we're like, boy, if I could just get to heaven, I just, when I get old and I'm gonna die and go to heaven. Listen, God is not just trying to get you to heaven. He's trying to get heaven in you now. Yeah, when I wrote that, I thought they might clap at that one. I'm trying to get you guys to be more better clapperers. We have overthought and overcomplimented, not now, you gotta wait till I do one of those little... I'm still learning. I'm, 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 I'm going to practice you good. We have overthought and overcomplicated the receiving of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. See this was not man's idea, it was God's idea. And he put it this way, Jesus said it this way, are you thirsty? Because anybody that's thirsty, thirsty. <laughs> 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 well Jenny, are you thirsty? <laughs> <laughs> Alabama people, right Rick? So. funny, young people haven't seen Forrest Gump. So I'd make those jokes and anybody under 30 is like, what? Don't see it. It's a terrible movie where a woman takes, sexually assaults a, a mentally incapable man. It's sad, actually, if you think about it, right? Right? It's so sad. And then she dies with my AIDS baby and then here, take, raise this kid. I don't know. It's just weird. So, but we're like, oh, what a performance. <laughs> I am way off the rails. Golly, I wish I could get back to my message right now. Let's read the Bible. Can you edit a live stream like this? Can I edit life? John. It's like you step in it. You're like, oh, there it is. Now I just got to wipe it around for a while. John chapter seven. Somebody's visiting right now. You just elbowed your spouse. He's like, we are never coming back to this church again. John chapter 7, verse 37, Jesus said, anybody that's thirsty, you can come to me. Anybody that believes in me may come and drink. Because the scriptures say that what? A river of living water will flow from his heart. I wonder what he meant by river of living water flowing from the heart. Verse 39, when he said living water, he was speaking of the spirit, which would be given to a few people that believed in him. Hold on, hold on. Oh snap! That the Spirit, like a river of living water, would be given to everyone that believes in Him. So three things about thirsty people: Number one, I can't make you drink. Like I can't make you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I can't make you pray in other tongues. I can't make you prophesy. I can't make you have faith. I can't make you pray for people that are sick. I, I, I can. I know nothing about horses, but I can't make a horse drink. But I have heard that if a horse won't drink, you can put salt in their oats, which just kind of, and then they go drink. I'm telling you, let me put some salt in your oats. I thank God for the baptism of the Holy Spirit because I often don't know what to pray in English, so I pray in the Spirit and I pray in other tongues. I sometimes feel weak in my faith, so I do some spiritual push-ups. And I strengthen my inner man, Paul said in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14. Jude said in Jude chapter 1. I strengthen my inner man by praying in the Holy Spirit. And sometimes when I don't know what to pray in English, I will pray in other tongues. And my faith, I can just feel it bubbling up, bubbling up, bubbling up, bubbling up. See, we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But Jesus said, I need to go to heaven so that I can give you my spirit. Do you guys remember when Jesus was baptized in water by John? The Bible says that the heavens opened and the Spirit of God ascended on Jesus like a dove. What was happening was the Son was ready for ministry, so the Father sent him the Spirit. So he's carrying the gift of the Holy Spirit on him while he was ministering for three and a half years. Which is why Jesus said, you're going to do the same things that I have done. No, you're going to do greater things than I have done. I'm going to return to the Father and then I'm going to send you the gift of my Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says that the same gift, the same Spirit, the same power that raised Christ from the dead now lives In you but I've got to go back to heaven so that I can pour out my spirit on some flesh all flesh I don't know what's next oh by the way none of that was in my notes I was just talking so I left them hanging back there so they don't know where we go So sometimes people are like, well, how does it happen? Does does the Holy Spirit just come like a lightning bolt out of the clear blue sky? No, we've already learned that Peter and John laid their hands on the believers in Samaria and the gift of the Holy Spirit was given to them. So it's not a matter of yelling and shouting and screaming in other tongues. It's simply the bubbling up of his spirit from your flesh. So my question is, are you thirsty? Drink him in. Let me give you four quick steps on how to receive. Number one, ask have you ever asked for the baptism of the Holy Spirit I've never received the Spirit okay how many times have you asked never times (laughs) Luke chapter 11 Jesus said if you though you are evil know how to give good gifts to your children you give your kids J's you give your kids a new bike you give your kids a new phone how much more will your father in heaven give the gift of the Holy Spirit for those that ask number two be available just just be available to the Holy Spirit. It's too many people, they're stubborn, and their hearts are closed off in fear, and they're not surrendered. They're not yielded to the immersion in the Spirit. I love this story from Pastor Robert Morris, who uh, pastor's gateway church up in South Lake. See, Pastor Robert um, and his wife, Debbie, they were raised Southern Baptist, which isn't Uh, folks that really, you know, operate and believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit all that much, Um, but they were in a church, and uh, he heard a sermon like this, and he went down to the altar, and they received prayer, and Debbie, his wife, started praying in other tongues and received this joy and this peace and this freedom right away, and Robert was just like, I guess God doesn't love me. I'm not going to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He was kind of mad about it, and then that night, um, the middle of the night, Debbie gets up to use the restroom. She looks over Robert's praying in other tongues in his sleep. So in the morning, he wakes up. She goes, you did receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I heard you praying in tongues last night. Same thing happened to my mom, by the way, back in the 70s. And he's like, well, I don't believe in that. She's like, believe in what you want. I don't care whether you believe it or not. Yesterday, we received prayer. Last night, you were praying in the Holy Ghost. So he asked the pastor, the pastor of Shady Grove Church, which is now their Grand Prairie campus, he said, let me tell you what happened. Y'all prayed for me, nothing happened. Last night I went to bed, and in the middle of the night, Debbie says she heard me praying in other tongues. And he goes, well, that's what happens to the stubborn ones. You were finally yielded so the Spirit could flow through you. Number three, be okay with awkward. It's a God thing, not a man thing. Speaking in other tongues, prophecy, interpretation of tongues, words of knowledge, healing, that's weird. Lord, more weird in my life, please. I'm not afraid of weird. Jeff was at a worship conference last week in Colorado, and he's like on the second or third row, and the presence of God was so thick in the room. He said, I looked up, and I saw like gold dust in the air. And Jeff said, the problem is I don't believe in that. But there I am looking at it. Josie and I went to worship service in Pensacola in Brownsville during the revival when we were in Bible college. The presence of God was thick in the room, and I was just on the floor just weeping because the presence of God was so good and so thick and so juicy in my heart, but I just had to look if like God was standing in the room, and I looked up over my shoulder, and all through the top of the room was this thick cloud of the glory of God, and it was long before we used hazers in church but I felt his power and his presence. Aletha was a crack addict that had been away from church and away from God for 23 years. She walked through this door a few weeks ago and said, I felt the spirit of God, the presence of God for the first time in 23 years. So number three is just be okay with weird stuff sometimes. Number four, well you said God's not weird. No, but how we react is weird. I also remind you, if you haven't read Revelation yet, that there's angelic beings in the throne room of God that have like multiple wings and multiple eyes and multiple heads, like, Read your Bible. Some of y'all are gonna be freaked out when you get to heaven. I'm sorry, if you get to heaven. Number four. Oh, snap! What a groan! What a groan from the crowd! Number four. Is it hot in here or is it just me? Use the gift, don't let dust grow on it. You ever have an old lawnmower you hadn't used in a couple of years? And you go try to get it going the gas is all stale the spark plugs are all clogged up and it's just like brap 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 Most people's holy ghost life is like that. We prayed for you at kids camp, we prayed for you at youth camp, we prayed for you at men's conference and you were like brap 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 but when you don't use the gift of the holy spirit after a couple of years it's like blah, blah. when you use the gift of the holy spirit it gets stronger and more stronger and more stronger in your life Jude said it's like working out. It strengthens your inner man. Jude chapter 1 and verse 20. Dear friends at Uncommon Church, build yourselves up in your holy faith. How do we do that? By praying in the Holy Spirit. I'm going to give you number five even though I didn't write it. It's not about emotional hype. Holy Spirit is not an emotional thing. It's, It's the supernatural, not the spooky natural. God isn't weird, but sometimes people are. So don't let weird people keep you from a holy God. Let me also say this well, Pastor, I've been begging God for the Holy Spirit. Wait, what? Why are you begging him for a gift he's already offered you? Just be like a little child and just receive. You're a child of God, not an orphan. Your daddy loves you. Your father in heaven loves you. He's not mad at you. He's crazy about you. So you don't need to beg, just receive. Let me also say this about Pentecostal churches and stuff. Praying in other tongues is not the goal well I could just get to tongues tongues is not the goal Jesus is the goal Jesus is always the goal the the power and presence of God is the goal The, the presence of God bubbling up from the inside and flowing out of our life is the goal tongues is just an overflow of the baptism of the Holy Spirit I love this quote from Pastor Dale Bronner in Atlanta he said the Holy Spirit doesn't just make you dance and shout and speak in tongues he also makes you shut up apologize examine yourself and live right You were created for this. You were created for this. A light bulb was created for electricity to flow through it. A chair was created for someone to sit on. You were created, designed by God, for the power of the Holy Spirit to flow through your life. You were designed to live the supernatural power. And when you live outside or apart from supernatural power, you are living contrary to the design of God in your life. See, I see this time and time again. Without the power of God, we endure life. With the power of God, we enjoy life. So many Christians are enduring and not enjoying. Let me give you a warning that the Apostle Paul gave to Timothy about the church in the end times. We've been talking about the end times lately. He said this, mark this, Timothy. In the last days, it's gonna be terrible. Terrible days. My goodness, what does a terrible day look like? having a form of godliness, but denying its power. Having a form of godliness, but denying its power. And Paul told Timothy, dude, have nothing to do with people like that. He also said this to Tim. He said, that's why I remind you to fan into flame the spiritual gift that God gave you when I laid my hands on you. Hop up on your feet. I want to remind you, the word baptize simply means to immerse and we saw Aletha this morning she yielded herself to the water she surrendered to the water and the water completely surrounded her that's what the baptism of the Holy Spirit is we sur- it's like s- standing up on a stool and next to our bed big big fluffy squishy bed and we just surrender and we fall into the bed it's just that we surrender and we fall into the river of God see too often we want to be in charge and not surrender control to God we're like, oh, praise hallelujah, My toes got wet in worship today. That was nice. But you were still in control the whole time. Surrender. Walk out into the river of God. Some of you are like, oh, it's at my knees. This is exciting. Keep going. Why well, I spend my whole Christian life here? Keep going. There's more. There's an upgrade. Don't stop. Oh, I'm at my waist. I feel the power of God. Well, at this point, you might as well just surrender into the river of God. Take you wherever he wants to take you. Surrender control. To the Lord. Surrender control to the Lord. It takes faith. Just believe. You believe that Jesus died for you. You believe that when you ask, he forgives you of your sin. Why not just believe in the baptism and power and presence of the Holy Spirit? Let's pray. Father in heaven, I pray for our church family that we would surrender control to you, that we would trust you, that we believe and fall in to the river of God and that you would baptize us you would immerse us in your power in your presence that you would help us to be holy like you are holy that you would awaken what we were created for so that we can do what you have called us to do we want to know you we want to grow strong in our faith and we want to do what you've called us to do so today Lord I pray for an outpouring of baptism, an immersion in your Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit, and fill this room. If you're here this morning and you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I want you to pray this out loud and say, Dear Lord Jesus, I'm asking for the baptism of your Spirit in my life. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here this morning and you're not right with God, remember that's the first and most important thing we need to deal with. The people in Jerusalem that day when Peter was preaching, the people in Samaria that day when Peter and John went up to Samaria, their message was to repent of sin. Believe that Jesus is Lord. So those of you that are here this morning or maybe you're watching online right now, you're at a crossroads in your life. Do you believe that Jesus is Lord? Have you repented of your sin? Have you died to yourself and died to your sin, died to your old life? That's what I loved about Aletha this morning. She said, I was a drug addict my whole life, but this morning in the baptism waters, I want to die and that that woman that was addicted to drugs stay dead in that water. And the only one to come up out of that water would be this mighty woman of God that you see today. Well, that's what's gonna happen right here, right now in your heart, that you would repent of your sin, ask Jesus to forgive you, This might be the first time in your life you've ever prayed this prayer. It could be the first time in a long time. What I love about Aletha's story is that she gave her heart to Jesus in her 20s and then was away from God for 23 years. But a few months ago, she surrendered her life to Jesus all over again. What about you? What about you that are watching online? Maybe this is on YouTube a year from now and your heart's beating out of your chest right now. Yes, I wanna see you immersed in the spirit and power and presence of God, but first I wanna see you receive the gift of salvation. I want to lead you in a prayer. It has to be your prayer. It's got to come from your heart. I can help you, but you have to believe and you have to pray out loud. I would like to know who I'm praying for. If you're here this morning and you're watching online and you need to pray this prayer for the first time or maybe the first time in a long time, would you shoot your hand up real high and just, just wave it at me. Just say, preacher, pray for me. No one's looking around but me, but I want to know who I'm praying for. Just shoot your hand up and say, preacher, pray for me. Today's my day to get right with God. Today's my day to repent and get right with God. I see your hand over there. I see your hand over there. Is anybody else? Good. What about you? What about you? I saw two people get right with God today. What about you? Just right there in your living room. Just shoot your hand up. Say, I'm going to get right with God today. If you believe it in your heart, pray this out loud. Say, dear Jesus, I repent. I surrender my life to you. Please forgive me of my sins wash me and cleanse me of all unrighteousness i receive the gift of eternal life and i receive the gift of the holy spirit be the lord of my life the lover of my soul and my ever-present savior in jesus name we say church amen 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 and i'm so proud of you i'm so proud of you If you're here in the room, you can do one of two things. You can reach into the seat back in front of you and fill out one of those connect cards. You can drop it in the offering bucket on your way out or the same thing for those that are watching online. You can text the name Jesus to 817-405-2244. You're gonna get an auto response form back. Fill out that form and click submit because we wanna to begin to pray for you in your walk with God. We wanna screw in a light bulb with your name on it on our Jesus wall over there and celebrate what God has done in your life. Your next step is to get baptized in water. So sign up to get baptized in water. And then after that, take our growth track. Get plugged into this church family so we can help to walk with you in your in your new walk with God. So that's true for those that are here and those that are watching online.